right, take your Bibles, if you would, in Proverbs chapter 31. And uh, by God's grace tonight, we'll look at these last several verses in the book of Proverbs. And uh, I believe this is lesson 40 or 41, and uh, maybe 42. It's kind of hard to keep track of all of them. Uh, but uh, we should finish up tonight every verse in the book of Proverbs. And uh, the wise sayings, and we're just going to deal with this section here. Starting in verse 10, called the virtuous woman. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like a merchant ship's. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household in a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field, and buyeth it with the fruit of her hand. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deep, deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates." And as we read this, many believe that Solomon was talking uh, about his mother and uh, Bathsheba. And uh, we are, are not sure uh, of, of whom he was addressing. But he starts out with the question, who can find a virtuous woman? We happen to be going through the book of Ecclesiastes and uh, Solomon is saying, uh, I've searched through a thousand and can't find one. And uh, so we're not exactly who, sh who he's directing, but what he is talking about here is the, valuable, the value and the rarity. I mean, we, we often talk about the need for men. That doesn't mean that we're lacking in male people. What we need is men. Uh, we have a great need for women, 
for women who will be virtuous. And the word virtue is a very unusual word in the Bible. Uh, it's been sullied greatly in the English language. It's just come to mean somebody who's nice, and that's, that's not virtue. Virtue deals with an inner purity, a holiness that is so powerful, it changes those that come into contact with it. When Jesus met the woman that was with the issue of blood, she reached out and touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole. What was his statement? He said, I perceive that there has virtue gone out from me. And this idea of the virtuous woman is a woman who lives right in such a way that she affects those around her, particularly those of her household and her husband. And uh, we'll, we'll get to this as we get a little further on down. I mean, the saying of the world is no man, uh, behind every good man, there's a better woman kicking him in the right direction or something along those lines. They uh, phrase that differently. Uh, but there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, I've heard it say, and I don't disagree, that somewhere in the neighborhood of 80% of a man's ministry is dependent upon the, his wife. And I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, it's a very special thing. And he, he values her above rubies. Now, how many of you have ever been in a jewelry store and you looked at rubies? Yeah, they're about the same as diamonds, everything. Well, uh, did a little research there. And uh, most of us would deal in gemstones under one carat in weight. Amen? Uh, I think a one carat diamond right now is somewhere in the $3,500 to $5,000 range, depending on the quality of the stone. And if you were to find a ruby about the same size, it would be about the same value. But you start getting any bigger than that. And all of a sudden, there's an issue. It's called rarity. You see, diamonds are fairly rare. That's what makes them value, valuable. But a ruby in the one to five carat range is worth approximately ten times a diamond of the same quality and the same size. And then, once you get past that five-carat thing, I mean, this is... Uh, I don't know what people do with gemstones that size. Uh, I mean, investments, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the ruby begins to leave the diamond exponentially. Because when you talk about an exceptionally large ruby, they are very, very rare. Especially uh, the ones that are most valuable are the ones with the dark, dark, deep red color. Uh, those are the ones, uh, a natural ruby. I think I uh, read uh, in the article there that they had a 38 carat ruby that was being cut and polished. They paid the guy a million dollars just to cut and polish the stone. I mean, there's, it's incredible what is out there and what uh, people have. But when Solomon was talking about rubies, 
He's talking about something of exceptional value. Something that is uh, uh, rare. Something that is beautiful. Something that is to be desired. And it's interesting how that this describes this woman. It says, her price is far above rubies, that rubies are not even to be compared. It says, the heart of her husband does safely trust in her. Now, I don't like to watch a lot of movies and and all of this, but uh, I'll tell you, how many movies have been made about the heart of a husband that unsafely trusted in a woman he married? I mean, how many movies have been made about that? Uh, I, I wouldn't even begin to count. Uh, scary stuff. But it says that this virtuous woman, that it is safe for her husband to trust in her. You know, that is something that is of exceptional rarity today. Amen? That one person, I mean, you talk about all of the things that go on in the world. The Bible says here that in this marriage between the virtuous woman and her husband, he has total rest. And then the next phrase says, so that he shall have no need of spoil. Now, spoil was that which was taken in war. Um, In Solomon's day, just to uh, be... Uh, uh, not to try to be rude here, but to be blunt, if things didn't work out exactly the way you planned with your first wife, uh, you just got a second one. And one of the easiest ways to do that was the spoils of war. Another thing is the needs of the household. You could go to battle and come home with treasure that would take 10, 20 years to earn under normal circumstances. You know, sometimes there's just certain people that want to live on a certain level. It says the heart of her husband safely trusts in her so that he doesn't have any need of spoil. He's got what is necessary in the marriage and in the marriage of the alone. And it sums up the entire idea here in the next several verses is she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. It just, that that is what the virtuous woman is about. It's about doing good. And here's how she does good. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. I mean, in those days, it wasn't going down to Uh, the avenue, or headed to Steinway Street to buy clothes. Uh, If you had clothes, guess what you had to do? First, you had to make thread. Then you had to weave the thread. And then once you weave the thread into cloth, then you could make clothing out of it. Ladies, how many of you are signing up for Proverbs 31? 
How many are glad you can just go down to the store and buy something and put it on and it fits? Uh, I mean, there was a lot of effort that was had to be put forth here. It says, she worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. And someone said that that deals with variety, and of course it does. But it also has to deal with the fact that in your country, certain things cannot be had at certain times of the year. So what did you have to do? You had to import them. You had to bring them from other places. I mean, uh, I love fresh fruit, and I'm glad that I can just walk down 30th Avenue in the middle of winter, and it's freezing cold, and they got great big bins of apples sitting out there. And they bring them from other places. They bring uh, the oranges and, and all of those things. She bringeth her food from afar. She's not... Limited by space and, and, and travel distance, she riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She is prepared for the day. You know, sometimes uh, we, uh, we all fall into this, I think, from time to time. Is it's getting up and getting gone. Uh, the second hand is approaching the time when we're supposed to punch in and we're running in hoping we can punch that time clock before we're late. And I remember doing that one night in a nursing home while I was in Bible college and I go running across the parking lot and down through the garden and there is the biggest skunk I have ever seen. It's the size of a small dog standing on the sidewalk in front of the nursing home. I was late that night. And you know what? I was glad I was late that night. Two or three more steps, and they wouldn't have let me go to work that night. Uh, The virtuous woman gets ready before the last moment. You know, that allows some graciousness and some... Peace in the household. You see, her maidens, her household is ready to work when the daylight comes up. She considereth the field and buyeth it the fruit of her hands. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. Now, you know, sometimes people say, listen, the, the Bible just wants women to be uh, pregnant and barefoot and I don't see any of our pregnant ladies running around without shoes on. Amen. That's not what the Bible talks about. Uh, The simple truth of the matter is, God wants to make allowances for the woman to be diligent and prosperous in the house. You see, the difference is, the world wants the woman out in the workplace competing with the men as men. God gives an opportunity for her to retain her her womanhood and still work and still be prosperous and not have to compete in the world of men. It says she buyeth the field. The idea here is, you know, fields were often for sale, especially as a person got older. Maybe their children uh, weren't right there. They would sell the field. You would buy it until uh, the year of Jubilee. 
And oftentimes, the owner of that field would sell the field and he would work the field for you. It wasn't that she was out plowing the field. She would buy the field, he would plant the field, she would reap the harvest, and it said with the fruit of her hands, with the profit that came from that, she was able to plant a vineyard. Now, how many of you, uh, we have several ladies, and I think it's late, mostly ladies in our church, that bring candy for the kids. And the kids love candy. Sometimes we don't love the kids after they've eaten candy, but that's a whole different story, and they enjoy that. But in these days, you didn't have candy. You know where you got your sweetness? You either had to know where the bees lived and brave the wrath of the bees to raid the, the, the hive, or you planted a vineyard and you boiled down the grape juice into what was called grape honey. That was their sweetener. You see, she took the prophets and used it to make life sweet, to get those extra little treats. And uh, how would you, I don't know how we would survive. I mean, you go into the beverage aisle in most stores and they've got everything from, they got water, Energized water, vitamin water, seltzer water, flavored seltzer water. Then, then we get into the Kool-Aids and all of the quote-unquote fruit juice drinks that contain absolutely no fruit juice. Uh, then we get to the juice drinks that are 10% juice and uh, all of that to the 100% juice. And, and then we get to the soda aisle. And of course, I believe there's only one little part in the soda aisle, but... Uh, uh, you can enjoy whatever kind you like, but what would you do if the only thing we had was water from the well? Boring, right? Well, that's where the grape juice came in. It was one of the few things that you could drink that wasn't just plain water from the well. It's one of the things that made life sweet. That's why it said, make your heart merry. It was an enjoyment. It was a special thing. You didn't just have grape juice and all of this stuff to drink every day. That was a rarity. Yet, the virtuous woman provided for those special things for her family. But not only did she provide for her family, it says she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. You know, there's a special, special strength that women just have. They tell if, if a man had to bear children, he'd kill them dead. I believe that's absolutely true. Uh, but let me tell you, the Bible here tells us that it takes an awful lot of strength to change diapers for all those little kids. It takes a special strength to wipe all them little snotty noses and kiss all those little boo-boos and, and do all the things that only mama can do. You know what? Women are being lured, were, many are coming back to the home now, but women have been lured out of the house with the promise of a career and all of these other things. It's, it's talking about She's made up her mind that she's going to do the work in the home. 
the great unsung heroes of, of our society is the woman that stays home and raises the children. I believe it was Napoleon that said, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. He was, wasn't kidding. And the Bible says that the virtuous woman makes herself strong for the duties of the woman. And it says she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. You know, there's, there, there's an awful lot to be said for excellence. We oftentimes just do things halfway or the best we can. You wonder why they give you so many homework problems at school. They're trying to teach you to keep doing the work. You wonder why God has all them long lists of names in the Bible. He wants to test you a little bit. He wants to make you work. He wants to see if you'll be faithful. The simple truth of the matter is, the, it, it's not that she's sitting here looking and said, Oh, yeah, ah, this, is, this is really good. No, she is she strengthened herself to do the good work. She perceives, she understands that the work she is doing is good. The greatest merchandise, the greatest effort uh, that a woman can be involved in is producing the next generation. Amen? I mean, I, I wish I had a dollar for everyone said. Twelve kids, I can't stand one. And how do you do it? Uh, it's, it's simple. It's a lot of work. You have to decide you're going to get it done. You have to decide that it is a work worth doing and worth doing well. Amen? And by the way, you never take a break from being... The virtuous woman, it says, Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. Uh, those are two parts of the spinning, of the making thread. She is involved in the entire process here. Uh, she's not just sitting here saying, I'll do this part and not do this part. I'll pick this one out. She is involved in the entire process she stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. You know, the Bible, if you read it, it talks about, and when it talks about fasting in Isaiah 58, it says one of the reasons why we ought to fast is to deal our bread to the poor. You see, in order to give, you have to have something to give. Most people, and what it's talking about here is the virtuous woman is most people lived only on what they needed for that day. It was what we call a subsistence economy. You did not have five changes of raiment in the closet and decide what you're going to wear that day. You had one set of clothes. You didn't have extra food when someone came over to give it out only on special occasions. But it says the virtuous woman here has prepared enough to safely take care of her family and to have extra so that when people in need come, 
That didn't happen by accident, my friend. That happened by being careful and being diligent and, and preparing for all of these things. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Now, my Bible has a little note here that says scarlet is not talking about the color as much as it is talking about a double garment, something that was made with more than one layer. And I, I'm, again, not a scholar, don't claim to know that, but the idea of, of the scarlet here is quality, is something that's uh, protecting them from the cold. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. Now, we look at all of these verses and it says, strength and honor are her clothing. And then just a few verses before, it talks about tapestry and silks and, uh, and purple and, and then scarlet and all of these things. And so we need to remember, too, that this is talking, this is poetry. It's talking figuratively. You know, you, you look at the diligent woman who has carefully raised her children and getting into that grandmother age and guess what? I just I remember growing up there in, in rural Maryland, just outside Baltimore. And there was just a set of ladies in the church that were like I don't know, I, I thought they were kind of you know almost royalty kind of thing, very special. I mean, they were just honored in the church for what they had done and what they were doing. And that's what it's talking about here. It's talking about uh, tapestry, silk and purple. These were the clothing of the kings. Scarlet was the clothing of the princes. It says her husband is known in the gates. Now, why is her husband known in the gates? Well, I'll tell you, the best way to get known is have good kids. In this society, in this land, people would know who you are by your family. And the virtuous woman was taking care of all of those things. And here we have just a, a wonderful testimony here, something that we need to uh, 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 look at and listen uh, she maketh fine linen, she sells it, she delivereth girdles to the merchant. It, it tells us that there is something that is produced here, produced which the merchants want, which is sellable and, and brings income into the house. Then it goes on to talk about her character. Her real clothing are strength and honor. And that will bring rejoicing. In time to come. Amen. Her mouth is with wisdom. Now look at this next. And in the law and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Do you know how it says that there? It doesn't say in her tongue is kindness. In her tongue is the law 
of kindness. Have you ever just met somebody that made you be nice? That just worked on being kind? Uh, I'll tell you what, I've, I've met some mean old ladies in my time. I used to work in a nursing home. And whew, whew, some, of those, some of those residents, I mean, you could write books about them. And uh, I remember one lady, they, she was known as the meanest woman in the nursing home. I mean, she'd scratch people and claw them and, and, and curse them and do all kinds of things. And one day I was in there uh, shining the floor in her room and she began to talk to me. And uh, I believe she was 90-some years old and she trusted the Lord as her Savior that day. And she wasn't as mean as she used to be anymore. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing more honorable than a sweet little old lady. That's, what the, that's what's being spoken about here. The law of kindness. I mean, it forces you to behave properly. She looketh way, well to the ways of her household. And you know what that says? She is a controlling influence in the lives of her family. She is looking at their way. She is giving them guidance. She's giving them direction. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. You know, when you do right, it's going to come back to bless you. That's what the Bible's saying here. And you can have beauty, you can have outward appearance, all of those things. But how many times have we been deceived by an outward appearance? But when someone fears the Lord, that's where the essence of praise in a life that means something. It says, give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Does that sound like a subservient slave that has no personality and no, nothing of themselves? Uh, doesn't to me. It sounds like someone that is honored for what they do and their accomplishments. This is the virtuous woman, and the woman in the Bible is lifted up and put in a special place. But I want you to understand something. It takes an awful lot of work to get there. It takes a whole life of diligence. And it says that it's not going to happen to everyone. It's those very special, rare people who choose to strengthen themselves, to prepare themselves to do the work, who will not sit down and just let life pass them by. Uh, 
you know, watching soap operas and eating ice cream or whatever happens to be the pleasure of the day. There's an awful lot of living out there. And this passage is devoted to the virtuous or the special woman. And, of course, a lot of things here are attached to being married and having children. And, uh, but it's not limited to that. And we, we just need to pray and to do diligence. And many of these things we look and we say, well, am I supposed to go out and buy, you know, flax and cart it and soak it in lye and spin it and make thread and then make cloth and... No, no, no. But the Bible tells us we need to be diligent with what we have and the time and the effort. That we need to invest our lives in that which is important. And appearance is part of that. But... It's not only that. It's fearing the Lord with your life. And that concludes the book of Proverbs. And um, we'll take up another subject on Sunday nights. Uh, Not sure what exactly yet, but uh, let's begin to pray about that. The Lord will give a proper leadership. Let's just have a word of prayer. And then we'll get into our prayer time. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we ask you to guide and direct us, give us wisdom. And Lord, that you would help us to apply this passage to our lives, to be diligent, to live for you, and to have the fear of the Lord as the basis of everything that we do. We ask you to guide and direct us in the way that we may be your servants. In Jesus' name we pray. And we'll take just a few moments.